Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League Sun, Andy Harrison, Jamie Martindale, and the King of the Hoppers, Joss Elliott. For your latest dose of all things Shropshire Cricket. Okay, and welcome back to the Cow Corner and another episode of My Best Eleven. And uh, tonight it is myself, James Hill, and I am joined by uh, a one-man, well, a man who's only played for one club, but he has played for them spanning over 28 years, uh, scoring over 4,000 runs, getting over 200-odd wickets. (laughs) A handful of five-wicket hauls, a couple of Birmingham League titles, and most recently, a captain of the promoted Shrewsbury Cricket Club. Tonight's guest is none other than Dan Manders. Uh, welcome, Dan. Hi, oh, James. You okay? Yeah, good. Um, so, yeah, uh, you started with Shrewsbury 28 years ago. How did that all come about? Yeah, well, I... Um... I went to Belvedere Secondary School and the uh, headmaster there, Mel Bamford, was really into his cricket. Mm. Um, and I just ended up getting into it. I played a bit of primary school, but nothing major. Um, and I remember that Steve Gale and Mike Jones, Alphabet Jones, used to come into the school and coach us um, one day a week. And I ended up going and signing for him as a junior, I think 1992. Um, and it sort of went from there, really. Um, I started with the juniors in 92. Yeah, I made my debut in the in senior cricket in, I think, 1993. Welder and uh, Harold Banks picked me up in his red metro from the top of the road at mum and dad's and uh, drove me to Wem. And the, the rest is history as such, really. I mean, I think I played for the first team for the first time in about 94. And when I look back, the people in that team that day was away at Ludlow. I think it rained. Um, and we, we only bowled about 20 hours, but Steve Gale was captain, John Foster, Chris Mayle, Mark Lascelles. Dave Williams, you know, unbelievable, really. Um, and to think I'm still trying to play now. 
Yeah, so you mentioned obviously making your senior league debut in 93 and uh, then uh, broke into the first level in 94 and, uh, well, I guess never looked back since. Some great memories and obviously 28 years for a club, never never thought of going anywhere else? Uh, um, if I'm dead honest with you, mate, um, there was an offer that came in oh, probably 15, 18 years ago to move. And I spoke to Mark Davis and he just said, you need to play at the best standard of cricket um, you can. And that was, and that was huge at the time. And I've never, I've never really thought about leaving. I'm not, that's not what I'm about. You know, Shrewsbury are a, a hell of a club. I've had some of the best times my whole life there. I don't, I've never really seen a need to, to leave. You know, when you look at the, the ground, you know, the facilities we've got, um, the standard of cricket we've played at, I didn't really ever, not, not, to, not to leave. It wasn't really something that I was ever interested in. And perhaps I wasn't fucking good enough as well. <laughs> so yeah we've um obviously touched on in the introduction but uh, a handful of uh boom leagues well titles uh to your name uh most notably obviously in 2010 was that the first uh Birmingham league title for you yeah it was yeah i mean we you know, i mean i think you know we were chatting before but there's, you know, there's a few so i probably started playing properly in the first team around 95 96 Mm. Um, and in 1998, I'm sure it was 98. We, you know, we finished bottom of the Shropshire League, um, and we had to do a fair amount of soul searching as a club. Um, I'd have thought, but we brought over for no, we brought over a bloke called Pete Solway um, mm. from Australia, played for Canberra, um, and he came as our overseas. And a lot of credit for this goes to to Kev Bland and Andy Barnard for sorting this out. Um, but he really changed. Um, changed the club back then, you know, he took, there was a lot of young lads in the team, you know, me, Mark Bamford, Tom Somerville, you know, young lads in the team, but because we'd got someone like him to look upon us, so it sort of brought us on. Um, I don't think he didn't score a run for about the first six or seven weeks and then ended up getting 900 runs in the season. You know, an unbelievable player for the club, unbelievable bloke. You know, he came over with his family um, and he really changed changed the club, yeah, because we were in the doldrums in 98 when we finished bottom. Um, and he changed things. I said to you, you know, we were in the pub having a couple of pints and talking about what our top scores were. Mine was just over 100. I think Bamo got 190 against someone. And uh, Pete just said, oh, yeah, I got, I got 330. Got, yeah, 330. <laughs> All right, top trumps, you, <laughs> you win. <laughs> you know? I, I'd, be, I'd be happy with that in a season. Like, like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seasons, right? That's what he said, isn't it? Not, not a season, people. You know? So, yeah, no, so, so it's really good. And I think, you know, and then in 2000, um, we won the Shropshire League, um, which enabled us to have the opportunity to come up to the, to the Birmingham League. And again, that was a terrific season in 2000. Again, we were very lucky to have um, an overseas player called Iqbal Zahur, a Pakistani left-arm spinner. And he was very close to getting in my team. And genuinely, he, he, I think he's got four or five hundred first-class wickets. And he was genuinely unbelievable. Mm. You know, there, there was good players in the Shropshire League at that time. Brian Jones, you know, Andy Johnson, and they didn't have a clue against him. He was unbelievable. I stood at silly point short leg for the whole season, safe in the knowledge that I wasn't going to get hurt. <laughs> you know, that, that, was the, that was the top and tail of it. And then, you know, then really it went on from, you know, we got up into the Birmingham League and that sort of culminated in 2010 when we won the, won the league for the, you know, for the first time. It, it, well, it's a testament to everything that happened with that meeting, obviously uh, having, well, stern words and, 
you know, Shrewsbury is a club that's gone on from strength to strength, you know, picking up Boom League titles again in 2013, 2015, and, uh, and more recently, obviously, finishing second last season. Um, but uh, something I do want to pick up on is 2009, um, when, well, Shrewsbury started to make a name for themselves on a national scale, uh, finishing up in, well, finishing in the semi-finals of the National Club Championship. Yeah, I mean, ter- you know, terrific season. And, you know, if, if you were to ask me what were the, what's the best team that I've played in, the one in 2009 in that season would certainly be up there. Um, you know, the, the young lads who I've seen grown up at the club, you know, I'd, this is how old they are now, you play with their dads, you know, the Barnes and the Fozzes, you know, really coming into prominence as, you know, serious, mm. serious cricketers. Um, and coupled that with, you know, Rob Foz was at Cardiff Uni and he managed to to bring a lad called um, Ryan Bishop up to play and another lad called Tom Allen, who sadly passed away, the lad played for Warwickshire. Um, and they were just terrific cricketers. Um, and we ended up having a, you know, really, a really solid side, you know, along with Wes Robinson, um, who came over from Western Australia. And he, I mean, he didn't have a great season for us, but his his beliefs, you know, about how to win, how to practice. And I think, you know, he, he again played a massive part in the club and that led to us playing against Chester Street in the, in the semi-final at London Road. There was, a, there was a good few hundred people there watching. I mean, I'm, unfortunately, we didn't quite get to on the day. Mm. A bloke scored a freakish hundred for them mm. and sort of took it away from us. But, you know, that was a hell of a side he played in and a, yeah. and a hell yeah. of an effort to get the semi-final. So, yeah, you had quite a heavy involvement in 2009 and, one of your best, well, one of your best seasons in in recent in recent times, I would say. Possibly, would that be fair to say? Um, how, yeah, I think. How, how did you feel coming into well, in such form, and also going into that into that semi final with um, much nerves or? Yeah, yeah, pretty nervous. Yeah, you know, it was a big um, a big day for the club. Yeah, big day for the best. I remember all the lads came out from mum and dad's for um, for breakfast on the morning of the game. You know, and we all had you know shirt and tie. It's not not really how we turned up to games, but I think it was it was a nerve wracking day. And then you see, you know, you get there and all your mates come and watch, and you know, a few beers are being drunk. And it was yeah, it was it was a hell of an occasion. Unfortunately, we couldn't get over the line. Um, I think the important thing for me was was me it was about knowing my role in the team. You know, I was never never a top order batter. You know, I was never a front line bowler. But it was about scoring runs, trying to score runs when it mattered, and trying to take wickets when it mattered, and trying to catch that red thing when it came towards me. Mm. So you talk about obviously the heartbreak of not quite getting over the line and getting to that final in 2009. Um, it all changed in 2011 when Shrewsbury went a step further, made it to the final and went on to win. Uh, you had the, well, you had the luck of uh, captaining a few games, I think in the earlier rounds. Um, yeah. How, I ca- how, how do you feel? Do you feel that that kind of experience in 2009 kind of helped teach some important lessons of how to go about winning the national club championship? Did you think it had uh, much I, impact? I think so, mate. And, you know, when we're talking about these, these young lads who were, you know, terrific cricketers, they were then, you know, they were a couple of years older, you know, a couple of years wiser. You know, we had, you know, Ed Barn came into the team. You know, we had a, and that, you know, that, that's a terrific, when you look back at that side at, um, at Derby on that day in the final, you know, that's a terrific amateur cricket team, you know, young, all young, all hungry lads, you know, um, and a terrific, and I think, yeah, definitely the semi-final definitely made a difference. 
Um, you know, losing there, people don't want to lose again. That's the thing. You know, you don't like you don't like the bad experiences, so you, mm. you try and move on um, and make things and make things right. And they did. You know, they did, and they're lucky. You know, they're captained by you know, Ed Foz, who would be up there. I'd imagine is one of the best amateur batters in the country. Mm. You know, to do what he did that season to lead Shropshire to the to the national one day title by getting ninety odd not out, and then to do it. The same for the club, getting 90 odd night out on the chase. You know, that says a fair amount about the lad, I'd have thought. Yeah, I mean, Ned Foster, someone who will obviously, well, him and his uh, brother and probably his dad, someone people who are going to probably pick up on later on, especially kind of they've recently been in the news, but we'll, uh, we'll again, we'll pick up on that a bit later, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure they obviously won't mind us talking about that. But um, yeah, so you talk about obviously um a great moment for Shrewsbury Cricket Club as a side um how much of an impact has that had on the club uh, moving forwards kind of winning a title like that now has it changed the mentality has it changed the the setup has it changed uh, the players and the way that people look at the cricket I think it's um I think that that started to come as we you know I think you know as a as early as Pete Solway coming over in you know in the late 90s and then the other, you know, the other, uh, the outstanding overseas players are. They they breed that. You know, mm. if you want to be the best, mm. you you have to, you do have to look at things differently. You, you do have to train hard. You have to play hard, and you you do have to be committed to playing cricket. Um, I think the only, the thing with that is it it sets the bar so high, mm. <laughs> and you sort of have to do it every year. You know, that's that's a difficult thing. You know, winning national knockouts is is not easy. Um, mm. You know, it's a, it's a, it is a it is a club. You know, if you looked at the the side that played in the early rounds in 2011, mm. I bet there would be only one or two players who would have actually been playing at Derby in the in the final day. So it, you know, it really was a enough not to take anything away from the you know the, the 11 lads on the day they were outstanding, but to get there, it, it took the club to get there really. You know, and other lads stepping up to the plate in the, in the early rounds and, and getting us through. But yes, it definitely it definitely changes the mentality of the club. I mean, we, our club want we want to win things. You know? We want the lads. And that's the lads, you know, that's the lads, the way they play, they want to win, they're winners. I mean, I mean, you look at it as well, and Shrewsbury's got a proud heritage as, as a cricket club, but also you look at more recently and you've got, got you know, you've got like the Shantries, you've got uh, your Ed Barnard, your Joe Leaches, all kind of going on, well, James Taylor, you know, uh, yeah. listers, the list kind of goes on of players who've made that step and gone into kind of, you know, your county cricket. Would you say that kind of Shrewsbury in recent years has kind of been more geared up to kind of producing cricket? And people see Shrewsbury as a as, as a club who, if you want, if you have expectations of going on and playing that standard of cricket, that that's, that's the only real club to join? I think so. You know, I mean, you touched on this before. You know, I think as a club now, and certainly with our, with the second team promotion last year, you know, mm. our club can offer, if you're a, an aspiring cricketer, our club offers you the, the right options at the moment. You know, you play Birmingham Prem cricket if you're in the first team, and if you're not quite there yet, you play Shropshire Prem cricket, which is a, you know another very strong league. And I think it, I think it does. You know, if you look at the, you know, at the moment you've got George Panay, Dylan Pennington, George Garrett. You know, these are lads who are again three more lads who are trying to push on into mm. and make careers in first class cricket. You know, it's it's, mm. it's quite amazing. You know, for for a club like ours, if you look at the roll call of lads who've gone on to play mm. professional cricket on the back of playing at our club. Now, something that I want to kind of move on to and something that a lot of people will be interested in is that last year did see, obviously, that Birmingham League make a few changes, uh, which has 
affected obviously Shrewsbury Cricket Club itself and and your cricketing career so obviously if unless you've been living under a rock uh, the Birmingham League minimized <laughs> the amount of leagues that it was having and sent all the all the first 11 sides below division I think it's division one isn't it um so it was yeah. one, two three and whatnot down back into their local systems but also with it um the second 11s which saw Shrewsbury second 11 find themselves uh, put in Division One. So before we talk about the season and how that went, what were your initial thoughts going into that season? How did you feel about being placed in uh, Division One? Did you feel that that would be the right fit for you in the second eleven? Uh, we we were we were quite comfortable with it. Um, the difficult thing when you're doing anything like a restructuring anything is that you're going to make some people happy and some people are going to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. And we were just quite comfortable wherever wherever we were put. Um, that was where we were going to play. You know, it was going to. T- this with what's happened, it will take a couple of years for the leagues to to balance themselves out and everyone to find their mm. to find their right you know their rightful spot. Um, now we were comfortable, with, we we were happy with coming back back down, um, yeah, and we were happy where we were put. Right, yeah. Listen, we could say we could sit here, you know, sit and be like, no, we should have been in the prem definitely. You know, not I think having that year up there and just seeing what things are about, I think that that will that will have served us in uh, mm. in really good stead, mate. Yeah, I think obviously it was always as we were talking before. Kind of, it was it was a lot of the talk in in the pre pre season chat that obviously be interesting to see how these Birmingham League sides come and uh, adapt to what is Shropshire County the Shropshire County Cricket League, especially the teams who are not in the Prem. Obviously, with the standard of pitches and things like this. Um, what what have you found the ma- major differences uh, of in a, in a playing? in a playing capacity um, this season compared to your previous seasons in the Birmingham League? I think it was, um, it was, it was, it was fairly interesting. I, think, I don't think it was that different, mate, honestly. I think that the top sides, the top sides were strong mm. and, and, the, and, the, and the other sides uh, you know, were, were battling along as they could. I don't think it was a great difference. The, the, the massive thing was, and we've touched this, it, it was the travelling and... Mm. and you know, being out all day to go to Coventry and and then get dicked, mm. you know, be called a, be called a twat for most of the day, and then come home and drive to drive two hours to get home. <laughs> you know, co- coming back to Shropshire, it, it, it was a nice change. I mean, it, mm. it sort of for I suppose for me, Johnny, Tom, Somerville, and Keeney, you know, we all started off in the Shropshire League, so we've sort of come full mm. full circle and back. And it, and it, and it was nice. You know, and it was, there was some good cricket played last year. There was some indifferent cricket played by us and played by. Mm. By some of the opposition, but that's you know that's that's amateur cricket, isn't it? You know, mm. someday you can turn up. We were all like, that's why we play where we play because someday you'll turn up and be brilliant, and then the next week you might not be so good. Mm. Yeah, I was. You've actually touched upon something that I was going to ask next. Really, was kind of obviously for yourselves, uh, John Anders, Adam Keane, kind of Tom Somerville, kind of thing. You're talking about obviously that full circle. How many years do you think that this has put on your kind of cricketing career at Shrewsbury now that you're being offered the, well, you've got the option that you can just finish out, well, play the next few years, so to speak, in, in yeah. Shropshire rather than having to do that trek? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's definitely, you know, you want to play for as long as, long as you can. You know, but I'm married, you know, three boys, you know, to be travelling, to going away for 12, you know, 13 hours on a Saturday is... Mm. It's difficult now, you know. I think it. I think it will certainly add a couple of years onto lots of people's cricket. I think, mm. um, all being well. Did you find? Did you find it as enjoyable last season? I mean, obviously talking about 
uh, being closer to home? Is it kind of you know you getting your family down to game? Is that kind of like a big? Is that a big yeah, difference, or is it more yeah, kind I think, of getting home at a decent hour? <laughs> yeah, I think it's more. It's more to do more to do that. I mean, you know, the family always come watch you play at home, not so much away. No, no matter you know, whether in Trops League or Burnley, but I think it was more to lots of the social side. You know, we could get back to the club at a decent hour and mm. you know go and have a pint with the rest of the lads. Mm. Um, you know, go and watch the end of the first thing game. You know, it was just just things like that. You know, we'll go nip down to to the column to watch the you know watch the thirds finish. You know, just just things like that. Just little things. I mean, you know, you were able to have a couple of pints after the game rather than having to go straight back and go straight home because you've been out all day. I think it was mm. yeah, it just it just felt it felt a lot better. You know, it didn't, mm. you know, cricket it's cricket when you're out on the field, it? but the other the other bits around it do do impact on the day and then they do impact on your life. Mm. Now you start. We've touched on obviously that you were put into the Division One, and yeah, it's fair to say that you didn't get off to the best of starts, uh, winning one of your first five games. But then after that, we went unbeaten for six game, straight games. Um, how did you find that you kind of adapted as a side? Was it more kind of about availability, or was it kind of a, a fact of a, a adapting to the new surroundings? If I'm dead, if I'm dead honest with you. Um... We were just shit in those games that we lost. Mm. Um, yeah, I could blame it on availability. We just, we just didn't play very well. It wasn't, you know, I'm not saying it's anything. You know, you could turn around and say, "Oh, the pitches were crap." Both teams have to play on the pitch. You have you have to adapt. That's part of cricket. That's what it's all about. You know, and they adapted better than us. We just didn't play very well those first first few games. Whether it was us finding our feet, perhaps thinking it was going to be a bit easier. I don't know. You know, that we didn't look back into much. All we knew was that if we played to anything like our potential we do all right in the league. Mm. So I'll take you back to after, um, well, I'll take you back to the start of last season. Um, you're five games in and obviously, as we've mentioned, won one of them. What was the thought process in the, in the dressing room of the second 11? Were you, did you feel like you, would, you could still get to where you ended up, like finishing second and getting the promotion? Yeah, I think so. I think we always, we always fancied that we, and as a club, we always come on stronger during the second half of the season. Um, I think pitches get better, our availability gets better, and you know, and I think that's that's top and tail of it. Listen, at the start of the season, we wanted to finish in the top four. That's what the, that's the goal that we set out. Um, and then as we played a few games, a store, a few other teams kind of getting, you, know, you, you do start thinking, oh, we could perhaps do it, do a bit better. Um, and that's when it, then in the end, we just said we'll just keep doing what we're doing, um, trying to win games of cricket, trying to play cricket properly. Um, and see where it gets us. You know, we got we got some good players in that side, some experienced players. And I always backed that we'd come, we'd come good in the end. So yeah, we took obviously a big season, and uh, with the kind of run that you had, there's some obviously some some names stand out. Obviously, John Anders with 500 runs, and Bradley Thornton just missing out on 50 wickets in the season. Yeah. Um, but yourself as captain. For chipping in with 272 runs at an average of 20 and 30 wickets, that must be something that um, must have been pleased with, or were you kind of looking for chipping a bit more? Ah, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, you, know you have to, you always want more, don't you? Oliver Twist, always want more. <laughs> Should have scored more runs, but you know, there's other lads. You know, I think I batted from one to eleven. I batted in every in every spot last year. Um, mm. Yeah, we. I'm 40, 40 years of age. You know. We've got young kids who who need to about me. The one lad you didn't quite, but is, Harry, is a young lad called Harry Cook. Yeah, average and Harry last got, year, didn't he? Yeah, I mean he is a he is an outstanding cricketer, and listen, he 
he's an opening batter, so I shouldn't be opening the batting in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that. Um, you know, and then we've got lots of yeah. We chipped in. I think it was one of them seasons. Actually, I don't think it was a great season for scoring runs. You know, John mm. got five hundred. Mm. John John Anders is a is a bit of a bit of a freak, really. Mm. You know, he's nearly fifty years of age, can't run. Until well, until he hits the ball, he can't run. <laughs> and then yeah, he gets the ball right when he runs. But you know, just a, just one of the be- the best hand-eye coordination that you'll you'll probably see in a in a cricketer. And then with Brad, as you know, you've got a lad there who is just the dream team man. Well, you know, if you said to Brad, "Listen, Brad, you're playing in the fourth tomorrow," he wouldn't he wouldn't moan. He just go out and bowl. He just go out and bowl because he just loves playing cricket. Terrific bowler, and he bowled really well. You know, we we were under the pump a few times last year where we haven't scored enough runs. And he would come in every time and nip out the top order, get the best players in the teams out, mm. you know. And that's and that's probably one of the reasons why we why we went up. Yeah, I mean, one last question that I want to ask, uh, which kind of relates to that before we get onto the main questions. Yeah, sorry, listeners. Uh, <laughs> um, is that um, how important? Obviously, that promotion that you got last season. How important is that to you as Shrewsbury as a club to kind of be able to offer that? Um, diff- well that support for the first 11 that one, if the, if there's a player who's playing in the first 11, he's moving down to the twos that they're playing that standard of cricket in the Prem, but also kind of, if you are offering those youngsters, you, you know, you're offering that, uh, that breadth of standards. How important. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost the promotion, or do you think do you think that it matters? Yeah, I, th- I do think it matters. I do think it matters. I think it was really important for us um, last year. You know, we, we as a club now um, can offer, you know, an aspiring cricketer really everything that they they could want, you know, the first team playing in the Birmingham Prem, the second team are playing in the in the Shropshire Prem. You know, it's it's the best standard of cricket that's available in Shropshire to anyone wanting to come. You know, I'm, not, mm. I'm not I'm not being arrogant with that, but it you know it, it is. Um, mm. And you get to play. You know, when you look at you know, we're talking we're talking before about the first class cricket lads that we've had through come through the club and who still play. You know, so you'll still see you know you'll still see George Garrett playing for the cricket club. You'll still see Ed Barn. You know, the chance for a young lad to come and potentially play with people like that should be a massive call for people. You know, it's a terrific club, very friendly. You know, I mean, you were touching on it before when we were talking, you know, my best mates in life mm. are lads from the grid club. Mm. You know, and it makes for life. And it is, you know, and it is if, if, if my, well, I've got three boys, none of them are that overly interested in cricket, but, mm. you know, 
if you were looking at it thinking now, oh, I might get to play with Ed Barnard on Saturday. That's, that's got to be a massive, massive ball. I might get to play with Joe Leach. Unless you go to Sheffield this year, but you know, yeah. you know what I mean? George, <laughs> you know, George Garrett, people, you know, people like that, you know, it's got to be a massive, massive pull for people. Mm. Yeah, and really interesting. And now what we're going to do is we're going to get into the meat of the main questions. Uh, nice quick fire. Well, quick fire compared to the last questions anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll start off. We, we touched upon kind of that 2009 side that you played with. Um, but who has been the best? What kind of year would you say is the best team that you've played with? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was probably that, that, that team in 2009 and then the team that went into 2010. When we won the Birmingham League for the first time, um, you know, similar group of lads, um, yeah, just just really good, you know. And it, you know, success does help massively. But I think about you know, I think about about the times we had off the field as well. You know, the sessions that we had, you know, the drinks that we had. You know, that's they're the things that stick out. You know, the lap, the, the the blokes that that you're playing with. You know, you enjoy spending time in the dressing room. You know, you're looking forward to a Saturday. You know, you don't want it to be rained off. But even if it was rained off, you knew that you'd have good fun in the dressing room. You know, and I think it was, I think, yeah, definitely those two, definitely those two years um, stick out for me. Um, and I did, to be honest, I did really enjoy last year as well. Mm. I really enjoyed last year. Next one. Uh, so, obviously, promotion winning captain last season, but um, who, in, in all your time in, at Shrewsbury, you did 28 years, who's been the best captain that you played under? Well, I've been very fortunate. I mean, I've played under some terrific, terrific captains, um, I think. Yeah, if I go back a bit further, you know, Mark Lascelles when he captained the side was terrific. Really good with you know young players and bringing them on. Mark Davis, again another terrific captain, you know, terrific cricketer. Um, and then you know probably it's difficult, but probably probably Rob Foster. Mm. Um, I'll get I'll get pelters for this because he's one of the best mates, but he's just a, just a just a very good very good captain, very calm. Sees the game really well, positive in you know, in what he does. Yeah, terrific captain, terrific captain. It's difficult. It's very difficult to choose because you're always going to piss someone else off, aren't you? But yeah, he's a terrific <laughs> captain. And his brother, you know, he's, like his brother was as well. You know, very very good. Yeah, it's, always, it's always the way. Don't worry about it. I uh, it happens <laughs> on Calcorn. I'm used to it every week. Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bigger than him anyway. <laughs> Okay, so here's the moment that um, anyone who's ever played for you uh, or anyone who's listening is looking forward to. Uh, Dan Manders, Mando, here is your best 11. Okay, Dan, so um, as we've mentioned, we've had some, you played with some really top quality cricketers and you played at a really good standard of cricket. Now, You've got to start your innings off and uh, you need two blokes to open up and start setting a score. Who are going to be your t- opening two? Yeah, this, this, was, um, this was a fairly straightforward choice. One of the easier um, decisions. So I've gone with Ed Foster and uh, Ryan Bishop. Mm. Um, to, I mean, Ed, Ed speaks for himself, really. You know, what he's done for our club, for Shropshire. You know, a, an outstanding cricketer. And then Bish was a lad who, who went to uni with Rob um, and came up to play for us and was just a, an absolute dynamite at the top of the order. Dynamite. Um, terrific player. Great bloke. I mean, he's going to keep wicket as well. Um, terrific keeper. And they just, 
you know how often they would just get Iranians off to a you know off to a, a flyer. Yeah, and uh, really, well, Ed, someone who's recently, as we've touched upon, got national acclaim recently with his dad, John, being inducted to the uh, Wisden Hall of Fame. Must be a great moment for the Fosters of the family and the Shrewsbury Cricket Club themselves to be uh, acknowledged by Wisden. The, the, the three of them are absolute legends of our club, legends of Proctor Cricket, and genuinely, and everyone says is. You will not meet three better blokes. You know, I couldn't think of three better blokes to spend my Saturday with, to be honest. Now on to the most coveted, uh, well, the coveted numbers in the batting lineup. Uh, three and four, who are you going for? Oh, yeah, this, well, this has caused me some absolute mither. But um, I've gone for John Foster at three and Ed Barnard at four. Um, John, I mean, I probably didn't quite play with John quite in his prime. But I think that probably showed just how good he was that he was still, you know, well, he still churns the runs out now. You know, he looked like he's playing for England. He's still getting runs for England over 60s. And, you know, he won the after the O fifth. you know, an absolute champion bloke. Um, and what a player. You know, what a player. You know, I just remember my dad talking about him when we were, you know, when I was when I was growing up. And, you know, and then, you know, managing to finally play with him in the same team. You know, I've seen some, Terrific. I remember one, I'll just take one quick story about it. We were playing at Himley. I think we were playing in the twos. And uh, he walked out to bat at three or four and he got his old pads on and his old felt cap. And I was umpiring. And one of the, one of the young Himley lads shouted, who's this old fossil coming out? Well, he hit his first ball over extra cover for six and then proceeded to blade them to all parts. And I remember one of their old blokes saying... <laughs> when he walked off. You won't say that again before you know who somebody is, will you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just remember, and then we had Barnard, you know, I mean, I've seen Ed Barnard grow up from a, from a little, well, a baby at the club um, into what he is now. And he is a terrific, terrific cricketer. Uh, I do. Terrific lad, brilliant footballer, yeah. you know, just tremendous. I grew up with his brother, Mike. Um, we used to play football together. Uh, <laughs> we, used to, we used to play football together. And I always remember Ed, um, just being this little baby kind of like on the side just obviously <laughs> and obviously everything obviously following the the whole family line I remember also playing against, for Shrew, uh, against Shrewsbury for Overbury and uh, our captain I think it was like a friendly game and Ed was playing he was like right lads you know you've got to watch this lad he's he's only about 11 but he'll be the best player you'll ever see play a game of cricket yeah, yeah <laughs> we he were, and he, he was he was fantastic no but he's you know Ed, when you look at how Ed does for you know for Worcester Worse than now, and you know he's been called up to England lines. I, mm. you know, I, I genuinely think that that lad could play international cricket for England with his, yeah. you know, his three-dimensional cricket ability, bowls, bats, fields, unbelievably. You know, for me as well, someone who's kind of like obviously been known Mikey for such a long time. Um, you know, following Ed's career, kind of like you can't you can't miss it really. You kind of surprised that he's not batted higher in the, the Worcester uh, lineup. Yes. Um, but I don't know whether he, he might have batted higher this year. We're, we're not sure whether we'll find out. I, I think his batting is, I'm not, I'm not saying it's underrated, but I think it might be underused. That might be a better word, underused rather than underrated. I think, yeah, he could definitely bat higher with more responsibility. Um, I, Ed, I think Ed's always been one of those. The more you ask him, the more he can do. I think that's the, the top of the tail a bit with him, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so we've we've gone on to three and four with uh, well two family names that I'm sure we'll hear more about, and obviously three family names were kind of synonymous with uh, Shrewsbury Cricket Club. But on to your middle order, and uh, what kind of who are you going for in the in the middle order? Are you going for a big hitter or are you going for stroke players? What what what's your no, no? So this is um so so five and six are um, Joe Leach and Colin Smart as my overseas player. Mm. Um, Leachy is a, ter- a terrific cricketer, um, brilliant for our club, um, hell of a lad, brilliant bowler, you know, t- devastating batter. You know, I don't, I'm not sure when he bats now. You, people think you know, he hits the ball so hard and so far, probably because his head's so big. But that's you know, you know that, that's why you know, he's a, t- a terrific lad for the club. Uh, you know, a, a lad who I think's really, really made the most of his ability. You know, and to be captain of a first-class county, you know, that's a that's a massive honour, mm. uh, massive honour, and uh, you know, a great lad off the pitch, great lad in the bar, you know, yeah, really, really solid cricketer. Um, mm. And then Colin Smart as my overseas player. Smarty was a freak. Um, there was lots of overseas players I could have put in, um, but I went for him. I probably had the closest bond with him. I spent a lot of time with him. Um, yeah, he was a a champion bloke. He could bowl quick. He could bat properly. And the best fielder I've ever seen, the best fielder I've ever seen. But he was just a, a bit of a freak of a sportsman. I mean, he he was he was offered a contract with New South Wales Waratahs at Rugby Union, and then went for his medical, and they found he got a problem with his neck, and he could never play again. Oh wow! He, he could be a pro rugby player. And then remember the one they said, "I said, Do you play golf?" And he's like, "Yeah, I play golf." So we went to to Condover. Baker, Nick Baker took us to Condover, and uh, we found him some golf clubs, and he shot level par with golf clubs that he'd never used before <laughs> and then we went to we went, went to Marlen the day after to play and he shot two under so yeah he's a bit of a freak of nature but an unbelievable cricketer um, brilliant brilliant for us brilliant like, I was talking to Rob about it last night if you, if you were going to have an overseas player he'd be the bloke you'd have every time because mm. of how he fitted in with the club um, and his cricketing ability was unbelievable mm. you talk about Joe Leach obviously um kind of making the most out of his career kind of obviously a bit different to someone like Ed Barnard who I guess you would assume would have gone on did you ever think growing up obviously seeing Joe grow up did you ever think that he'd reach the heights that he's reached um I thought he's a good cricketer I'm not sure I'd, I'd I'd have seen him as captain of Worcester County Cricket Club but a good cricketer yeah very good cricketer if he'd asked me what I thought Ed would be when we Ed, Ed Barnard would be I'd have thought he'd be a professional footballer because mm. he was terrific at football mm. um so, I mean, these, these you know, this team here, I'm, you know, like you said before, I'm so lucky to play with some unbelievable, unbelievable cricketers. Yeah, very lucky. All right. So now we move into, uh, well, uh, our next part. We go into uh, your number seven. Uh, yeah. who, are you going in at, who are you going in at seven? Number seven, well, you know, for our, I changed this this morning. Um, <laughs> the number, not just the makeup of the team. So number seven is Rob Foster um, and he's captain. And that is from batting and his spin bowl as well, which because mm. he doesn't bowl anymore, sort of gets forgotten about. Um, mm. But yeah, Rob is a and Rob Rob goes under the radar massively because of his mm. his brother and his dad. But he is a serious, serious cricketer. Mm. Serious cricketer, you know, bats, bowls. Well, he we used to bowl and could, would catch anything that you throw at him. You know, rid, a ridiculous cricketer, ridiculous. Mm. And um, in at eight. 
you know, it, it, every team's got to have a loose cannon, and, and this is the loose cannon we got for Steve Barnard. <laughs> um, Steve again. It's a there's a bit of a theme to my team, but um, Steve is a you know could bowl quick and whack the ball out of the park. You know, mm. and I think that's for you know, at some at some point in your team. You know, and, and you know, one day you, you know I remember we turned up at uh, Warmly. A lot of the lads were at a wedding. I can't. I don't know whose wedding they were at, but they were away. So right now, it was a big important game. I think it was when we won the league in 2015. And Steve turned up pissed, asleep under the table, you know. And he's he's the one lad who we need to to really, really <laughs> perform on the day. And he ran into ball, and I'm pretty sure he bowled three overs for either thirty or fifty, um, you know. But then on his day, he could bowl proper quick, a proper winner, yeah, just a, tr- a terrific bloke. Terrific bloke again, another good bloke in the bar. So now we move on to nine, ten, and eleven. And yeah. uh, who's opening your bowling? Uh, well, I'm not saying they're opening the bowling, mate, but they're... <laughs> <laughs> so I've got Andy Barnard, Barnard Senior, mm. uh, coming in at number nine. Um, I started off playing with Andy in, like I said, probably 95, mm. and just an outstanding bowler, you know. Mm. Um, and it's not, it's not hard to see where the boys have got their, uh, you know, got their talent from, to be honest with mm. you. He could run in and land that ball and swing it on whatever you asked him to. Absolutely incredible, incredible bowler. You know, did and so, did so much for the club. Has done so much for our club over the years. But you know, yeah, just a brilliant, brilliant cricketer. And then number ten is the eldest Barnard, your mate Mike. Again, you know, I shared shared the cricket field with Mike a lot. And I mean, uh, Mike is a is a Jekyll and Hyde sort of character. Um, you know, the love, most lovely, placid bloke that you'll meet. And then he goes over that boundary rope. And I don't know, I don't really know what happens to him. <laughs> but bloody hell, can he bowl? You know, the last, you look at his last, you know, his last few seasons in the Birmingham League have been, you know, really good. You know, he gets the top players in the league out all the time. Mm. And he gets them out properly as well. You know, they're nicked off, they're LBW. You know, a real, you know, a real a real champion bowler and a champion bloke for the club as well. I think, I think you've got to look at Mikey as well and it's got to be a testament to who he is as a player and his mentality and the standard and obviously, you know, there's, there's an element of talent there but you've got to look at how long he's done it for and obviously, like you said, the standard of player that he's getting out and, you know, he's, you know, he's hitting 30 probably-ish now, I guess, if he's, well. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, to still be doing it at that, at that standard, it's got to be a testament to how good a bowler Mikey is, isn't it, really? Yeah, 100%, mate, you know, and a great bloke, a bloke that you'd have in your, in your team every day of the week, you know, loves Shrewsbury Cricket Club, you know, you know he's, he's another lad who doesn't, who doesn't live in Shrewsbury, travels a long way to play for us, you know, um, and just gets good people out all the time. Mm. And has been, like you said to me, has been doing it now for, what, probably 10 years, 10, 12 years now, you know, unbelievable. Mm. And uh, right, here we go. So here it is, the final place up for spot. Everyone on tenterhooks and uh, yeah, your ex teammates, uh, all your ex teammates wondering who it's going to be and uh, who's made the final spot. Yeah, and I needed another spinner, and so I went for Elliot Green. Um, you know, Elliot probably gave me my greatest single day in cricket. You know, mm. in September at Kidderminster, Kidderminster looking like they're going to win, needing another. I don't know. Another 80 or 90 with nine wickets now and then to get nine for 50 mm. as a young lad to, to, to win us the 
to win us the game and win us the league was just phenomenal. And yeah, you know, Elba got unbelievable confidence in his own ability. You know, and you, you can ask, like, you'd ask lads in the Premier League, and how does he get wickets? He just tosses it up. He just tosses it up. But he turns it miles. Like, he might bowl it slow, but he turns it. And he got players out. And yes, they might be caught. That's, that's a spinner's job. And he was, you know, Elba's a really good cricketer for the club. Really good cricketer. A loss when, a loss when he had to leave because he went to mm. work down south. He was a loss for the club. How would you have it set up? Who's opening the bowling then? <laughs> I've no idea, mate. I, I, I'd imagine I'd have to... I'd, I'd imagine I'd have Andy and Mike opening the bowling. Mm. Um, Ed and Joe coming straight after them. And then Steve Barn. And then I've got Colin Smart who used to bowl quick. There's that many options. That's the thing about this team. There's that many options. I just don't think, you know, I think on any pitch, mm. on any day, this, this, this team would do a hell of a job. And then with two proper spinners to, mm. to back them up. Um, so now we move on to the next bit. Um, with such a side like that, there's going to be some players who've been unlucky to miss out. Who, 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 who do you find? Who, well, who are the players? Yeah. who uh, I mean, just... you, you know, when it's it's very difficult because I could have just gone down. I could have just picked lads that have just played. You know, like I played with Jimmy Taylor, mm. but I didn't play with it. You know, I didn't play with him enough. Mm. You know, Mark Davis again. You know, brilliant, brilliant batter at Round Shropshire. Mark was back in. You know. Back in the eighties and nineties, a superb player, and what he did for our club in guiding us through those early stages in the Boom League was massive. Mm. Mark Lascelles, John Anders, you know, a young lad called Dan Reese, you know, all these people, all they're, and they're just batters, you know, bowlers. I'm talking. I played with Jack Chantry, Adam mm. Chantry. You know, they probably had their best years away away from the cricket club, mm. but you you understand the impact that they've had on the first class game. You know, people are. You know, I mentioned T A. Tommy Allen earlier on. Ian Gillespie, another one who started. You know, Gaz, a terrific cricketer for Shrewsbury. You know, people, for, you know, because he went to you know Bowen and played at Newport. People forget, you know, he was terrific for Shrewsbury. You know, really, really good. You know, and then wicket keepers. You know, Spot was a terrific keeper for the club. Mushy Parker, Swifty now, and then there's a lad we talked about last night, a lad called DJ. When we first started, Danny Jones. What a wicket keeper he was. We've been lucky at our club. We've had some absolutely. Tremendous, tremendous cricketers. And I said to you last night, I could have probably put out two or three teams. Mm. I could have put out a club with the lads that I've played with. You know, <laughs> um, you know, we've been very, where we've been very lucky over the years as well um, is we've had you know tremendous overseas players. You know, I touched on Pete Solway. You know, Reese O'Connell got 150 wickets for the club in two years. So he was very close to getting in, very close to getting in. You know, a lad called Antonio Mullins. South African lad who could bowl. We talked last night, you know, we mm. played at Noel and Dorridge. And he always bowled better when the other side had got a decent pro. And if they got a South African pro, he'd really bend his back. And we yeah. played at KD on a rock hard green top. And we were stood, I was stood at second slip and I was on the 30 yard discs. He bowled that quick. <laughs> like, like really, you know, like proper quick, you know. And, and we're talking about where's Robinson. You know, we've been very lucky, and I suppose it's lucky that we've. Managed to play with them, and they and the, these lads have shaped where our club has gone. You know, in, in the last in the last sort of twenty twenty five years, mm. Tom Cox mm. as well was very close to getting in the team. Coxie was, Coxie was terrific, um, and he's the one that, as you know, I took out this morning. Mm. Coxie wasn't like the others. You know, you've got a lot of natural ability. Coxie wasn't the most, but he had got balls the size of space hoppers on a chase. Mm. He did it for Shropshire. He did it for Shoes. But if you wanted a bloke to go in and you needed sixty to win. He'd be a man for that job. He'd be a man. 
Yeah, so you talk about that and obviously the impact that these overseas players and obviously the stalwarts and your Mike Barnards, you know, your, your Rob Fosters, your Ed Fosters, you know, players like that and yourself, you know, that have an impact on these players. Uh, so who, who are the future? Who are the future players that we should be looking out for? Who's your one to watch? We touched on, um, we touched on Harry Cook earlier on. Mm. Um, I think Harry's definitely, you know, definitely one to watch. You know, Harry got in the Bunbury last year, played for the Midlands. You know, did did really really well. He's a proper proper cricketer. I think he'd probably be the next one coming. He's a young lad as well. He's a young lad who played in the twos me last year. A young lad called Harry Wassell. Um, and if he knows on his cricket, he's a very very good cricketer. So he's a bit older. Harry's probably ninety. Harry's a very good cricketer. And then if you want a couple to watch in a few years' time, um, I'll give you these names. I'll give you a lad named called George Hughes and a lad called Will Jenkins. You watch out for those boys. I'll, I'll keep those noted down for future podcasts. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're 15 year old lads, mate, who are very, very good cricketers. Given all the things that you've won, and obviously captain in a side that got promotion last year, having a part in the Birmingham League winning sides, you know, reaching the semi finals, uh, you know, having a part in the team that won the national club championship. It's quite a lot there. Um, but what would you say is your biggest achievement in cricket so far? Oh, the biggest! I think the biggest achievement in cricket was probably was when we won the league for the first. Mine personally was when we won the Birmingham League for the first time. You know, because I played in that day and we beat Kidderminster, and you know it was a shootout between the two teams, and you know we were down and out. We were down and out, and it rained, and then I don't know what happened. Something happened, and uh, the stars aligned, <laughs> and Elliot and Elliot spun us to victory, and that was you know that will that will stay with me for that will stay with me that that night that day and that night will stay with me forever. It's been great speaking to you, Dan, and hopefully it won't be the last time. And hopefully we'll get you on. And obviously, now that Shrewsbury are part of the Shropshire League and obviously now everything that we're trying to do, we'll have a bit more involvement. I wish you all the best for next season. I can do that nicely because uh, you're not in the same league as Albury this year. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we do get any cricket, uh, I wish you all the best. And thank you very much and uh, stay safe. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks, yeah. mate. No worries. Fantastic. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.